I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at zibbyowens.com, where I'll always keep you updated on what I'm up to. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy it. Today's sponsor is Unsweetened NYC, which was started by a woman named Nora Niderman, a 45-year-old designer and mom of two boys and a New York native. They specialize in a variety of high-end tanks and tees that range from $95 to $150, which I know is a lot, but they're really awesome. Uh, And they're all about being a badass mom. And their mission is to empower women while wearing their statement pieces, which are just awesome. So whether you're laughing or crying, they say, whispering or screaming, succeeding or failing, full of love or annoyed AF, we have you covered. (laughs) So that's Unsweetened NYC. They sent me these two adorable tank tops um, and not tank tops. Well, the kind where the sleeves are cut off, but the rest of it is there, not tank, like um, sleeveless shirts. Anyway, uh, and they're really awesome. And I love supporting women-owned brands like this. So go check out Unsweetened NYC. I could not stop laughing when Mary Catherine Backstrom and I did our podcast. It was late on a Friday afternoon slash evening during the quarantine, and we were both a little bit giddy, and I kept getting interrupted by my kids, and she thought there was some sort of dinosaur intruder in her house, and it was very informal, and I almost decided to cut all of it, and then I said, you know what? This is what life was like that day, and it's fitting because she is the founder, viral blogger, and essayist and personality behind Mom Babble a growing community of about half a million followers. Her social media pages have more than 80 million views, and MK, as she goes by, has been featured on the Ellen DeGeneres Show and awarded the Today Show Iris Award. Her latest book is called Mom Babble. MK is married to her college sweetheart, and they currently reside in Florida with their son and daughter. Welcome, MK. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And what an aptly named title it is right now. (laughs) Totally. Right. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, I've always tried to like struggle to make time, but oh my gosh, like right now in the middle of all of this, crazy. Yeah, we're talking April 17th, mid-pandemic craziness. I don't know, in New York, they just said a whole nother month of, uh, a whole nother month of... What do you want to, do you want to, do you want to Well, let's see, we're in the COVID crisis. So I guess if this is like in the files later and people are listening to your season... We are smack dab in the middle of it, yeah, right? Exactly. So, so we're like on day, depending on what state you're in, I feel like we're on day 30, day 50. It doesn't, day 190. Yeah. Wherever your captain's log may be. <laughs> so. <laughs> so can you please tell listeners what your book, Mom Babble, The Messy Truth About Motherhood is about? Okay. It is about, Mom Babble, The Messy Truth About Motherhood is basically a chicken soup for the soul style book. It is just a cross section of every, the good, the bad, the beautiful of parenting. The book was written in the trenches of new parenthood for me when I was honestly, I was struggling with postpartum depression when I started the blog, which was actually titled Mom Babble. I had been a blogger for about five years. And so the book covers the first five years of my parenting journey. So I guess I have a lot left to learn. <laughs> But a lot of life was lived in that five years of time. And I think what it covers is just that, like, the new phase of parenting and that coming into oneself as you start that, you know, but yes, I know I was laughing because as you were asking me this question, your daughter was sneaking in from the background and it was just, you know, she's a ninja. Is that who you that were waving impressive. at? Yes, I was waving at your daughter. I she's thought you were waving at somebody, like, on your in screen. In my house? Yeah. No, and no she was behind the chair oh, and yes. I was waving. <laughs> 
Sadie. She's not even wearing any pants. That's oh, okay. She's like in, running in in her underpants. Okay. Well, who needs pants? Okay, do I, have I now proved my stripes that I am a mother? I'm impressed, and I'm just really relieved that you know, without with my unbrushed hair and your pantsless daughter, that this is the style that we're going with for this interview. Okay, we will get a. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I, I am. So, I am in my zone now. I, I understand this. I see your Play-Doh. I feel you. I am so comfy. But that's it. That is what we are. What I am just now seeing in your house is exactly what I cover in this book. And I honestly, I didn't want it to be too serious. I didn't want it to be a prescriptive book. I wanted it to honestly be like a conversation between two parents, from one mother to another, like a casual conversation on the couch. My entire goal was just to make parents feel a little less alone. Like I I repeat a lot sometimes that I struggle with postpartum depression, but that's really where all of my writing career was born from. I had a very hard time leaving my house when I had my first son and um, just the anxiety was very paralyzing. And I found the majority of my supportive community online. And so being able to share just very normal experiences of parenting through stories helped me feel less alone and being able to write those and then share those with other parents has just been a really gratifying experience for me. And the feedback that I get from other parents is just awesome as well. I love hearing people say, oh my gosh, I thought that I was alone in that. You know, and it always cracks me up because I will share the craziest freaking story. Like I will be like, oh, you know, this one time when my son wrapped my dress around his head and my entire butt was exposed to Starbucks and, you know, he looked like a lollipop. And you think you're alone sharing these stories. You're like, I can't believe this happened. And then another parent will be like, oh yeah. Like, (laughs) really? That happened to you too? (laughs) I love it because you think that no matter how crazy it gets, you throw a story out there and another parent's out there to match you. They're like, oh no, you thought you were alone? Like, baby, let me tell you. (laughs) They've always got one for you. That is so great. I feel like when my kids were little, I did not rely, I wasn't even on social media and I feel like that was a huge loss. I think it would have been a lot easier for me had I had I had that community to reach out to. In some ways, yes. You're good. Oh. Let her, let her, hey. No, oh, this is my son. Okay. What? Sure, Sadie can do YouTube. What about, can I do games on YouTube? Sure, honey, whatever you want. But can I do my podcast? Can you close the door? Close the door. I know. I have some really good YouTube channels we recommend. We like Jake the Jigger. Jake the Jigger is pretty awesome. I'm so sorry. I don't usually even get interrupted when I do podcasts because I'm like, I'm doing a podcast, but they don't even care anymore. On motherhood, (laughs) on the messy truth of motherhood, is this not perfect? I feel like it is. Anyway, yes. If it it was ever going to happen, I'm glad it was your episode. (laughs) I feel good about it. You know, the only reason that my, my kids are with daddy right now, so... You know, otherwise they would be in my lap or like licking my ear. I promise you. (laughs) We've been using all kinds of interesting, you know, bribery to get them away while I'm working. And then sometimes just doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. No, no matter what movie I put on, suddenly they hate it. You know, I feel like there's a dinosaur in my house. Like I honestly, my, my, the ground of my house is shaking and I don't know what that means. So we might actually have a visitor here in a moment. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it could be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It might be a husband or a child. We'll just we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll play it by we'll play it by ear. So when we did our Instagram live, you mentioned that you had written this book and sold it to a small publisher, and you were happy, and yeah. you just wanted to give all the proceeds to. You made a deal right. that you would give all your proceeds to the, the mighty acorn, the mighty acorn, and yeah. now it's coming out, and you've like gone viral, and it's going to be a huge <laughs> thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, this is one of those funny things where look what God can do. I, I joke about this because, you know, we're greedy with what we get give to God sometimes, right? Like, oh God, here's my tithe. Here's my $2 bill that you can have. When I was a kid, I would like go to church and I would have this like, I had this big old change bowl and I would like grab a couple dirty things out of it and bring it to church. Not that this book is not my dirty change out of the bowl. Please don't take that. Let that be the takeaway here. But you know, of all the things that I've been given, I, I was given this beautiful book deal and this is sweet, this publisher in Nashville, Tennessee, reached out to me and they were like, would you like to do a book? It's full color. You know, it'll, it'll be named after your blog. And I thought this is the coolest thing in the world, but I knew it was going to be a limited release and it was a medium sized publisher. And so I thought, you know, I can do something pretty cool here. I can make some money. Authors are not rock stars. So, you know, it would be like a, a little bit of money or I could give money to charity. How cool would that be? So I decided early on that I was going to tie this project to charity and then work my behind off to just see how much we, good we could do with it. And I was like, all right, medium-sized project. This will be pretty cool. And then the next thing I know, <laughs> so, you know, I said, oh, here, here's your, here's your token, God, I'm going to give this to you and let's see what happens with it. And the next thing I know, this video goes viral and I'm on Ellen and the book gets picked up by Barnes and Noble and Target and it sells out on Amazon twice. And I just think it's so funny, you know, because who knows what kind of success the book would have had otherwise. It probably would have done great. And I am so proud of it because I really did pour my heart into these stories. But I just feel like God kind of laughed at me a little bit. Like, oh, you're going to give me that little book, Mary Catherine, going to let me do something with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, let me, let me do my thing, okay? And so it's just, it's wonderful. I cannot wait to see what is going to get done with the proceeds raised from this, the sales of this book, because I think the book itself is very special. I think it's going to make parents feel less alone, but then it just makes my heart like even extra happier that when all is said and done, the money is going to be sent to the Mighty Acorn Foundation and they're going to get to change lives in Katali, Kenya. How cool is that? It's so cool. It's so cool. It's a beautiful thing that you did. And Thank you. <laughs> I, I really do believe in the sort of whatever goes around comes around school of life. Like so. when you do good, it, it, it will come back around at some point. Not that that's why you do it, but I, I do well, believe. In this case, I really, I feel like sometimes like the gift is just in the giving. And I don't say that to be cheesy, but like if you're a parent and you have seen your children open presents on Christmas, you know, like. Sometimes just watching somebody get something is the coolest thing in the world. And I cannot imagine like a better feeling than just like when all is said and done, watching watching the Mighty Acorn Foundation do something cool with this book is going to be as good as it gets. I have a feeling I don't need an additional something after that, you know, and if something else comes from it, then that's the cherry on top. But this is going to be special. And so I'm going to keep telling people, you buy this dang book, okay? Because it's going to an orphanage in, in Africa. And that sounds like I'm trying to trick you into buying it, but like for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so funny you say that about like celebrating the holidays. Cause I remember being in fifth grade or so myself and I had a secret Santa at school and I was like in my closet wrapping everything. And oh. I put, I poured my heart and soul into this gift for Abigail Schraff, who I have not seen since fifth grade. So on the offhand chance that she's listening, she's listening. <laughs> she was my secret Santa. And I just, and my mother came in and she's like, you should stop because no one else is going to, you know, put that much effort into right. a gift for you. You're going to be disappointed. And I was like, what? You're missing the whole point. Like, yeah. I don't care what I get. Like this, this, this is, is this is what I need to do. And this is what makes you feel good. Yep. So anyway. So I don't even remember what I got. Thank I remember you, right? what I gave. You yeah. felt so good. I felt amazing. Price. I felt amazing. And she needed it. She like really was 
clearly having a hard time. Anyway, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope that I ever love a book as much as this one because it, how I'm going to have to like give every book away and then I'll be a broke author forever. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll, maybe from this then you get like a, a five book deal and you're like, I'm not going to give an, a penny away. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all mine. <laughs> we'll have to figure something out. <laughs> Uh, this is what happens when you like get together to do a podcast on Friday afternoon I know. in the pandemic. We're like so fried, the two of us. Anyway, oh, hot. let me read you this one passage from your book that I loved about the challenges of raising a son who, with a ton of personality and energy, which I think oh. so many parents can relate to. So I'm just going to quote you. You said, I spend all day clashing with his strong will, iron against iron, until the sun goes down. Then I go to bed feeling like a worn down nub of a human being. So many of our interactions are composed of frustration and noise. I establish a boundary. He crashes straight through it. We are in a constant tug of war for power. And most of the time, if I'm being honest, he's winning. Yep. <laughs> I love yeah, that. That's actually, <laughs> I feel that one in my soul right now. That is right. Yeah, that's my little boy. And honestly, it's my girl has grown into it as well. The book where the wild things are, right? Yep. That is so much of so much of my son is where the wild things are. I was that child. And growing up, my mom always told me, like, one of these days you're gonna, you're gonna get what's coming to you, Catherine. <laughs> and I was just a kid, you know, she it's not that I was a, a child that tried to make life hard for my mom, but I was a child that like I loved adventure and I loved to push boundaries. And I just had a I don't want to say a zest for life. I I did try and find trouble. I guess I did. That's just the truth of the matter. And I was very good at it. And so is my son. He gets it honest, probably from me and his dad. And it's been a challenge being his mom, but like in the best way possible, because I don't know. It's like the hard ones. Sometimes it's just like so rewarding. My daughter is a little more, I'll, I'll be honest, she's more pliable and she can be, at times, she's like the breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, thank goodness I have a child that's just going to do what I ask her to the first time, sometimes. <laughs> but then, like, if you have a rough day with your your wild at heart kid, the one that just really pushes your buttons, and then you go and tuck them in, and you know, like, you got through it, like, the, sometimes those those snuggles are extra sweet. You know you've earned it a little bit. It was just a little bit harder work. See what I mean? It's true. It's true, she says, as her daughter comes in. Oh, now she came to take my phone. Wasn't it 10 minutes ago she took my iPad? I mean, you don't need it. You don't need either of them. <sighs> I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Nobody seems to care yeah. that I'm doing a podcast. That's fine. You just, as long as she doesn't take your microphone, you're okay. Yeah, that's next. Next to my laptop, she comes. Uh... Yeah, yeah. It's good. You're fine. As long as she I think this is the cutest thing ever. Are you kidding me? It is so on brand for you. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> this is appropriate. One of your chapters in the book is called Every Day I'm a Mother, A Little Piece of Me Dies. <laughs> so appropriate, she says. <laughs> so tell me, when you wrote that chapter, tell me like what you were referring to and, you know. Well, <laughs> to be honest, when I first started writing that piece, that was, I think the first, when I first wrote that line, I was meaning it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was one of those, I am literally like the most miserable. I am dying here. This was in that phase. I was not a good baby mom. Like everybody, there's different types of moms. There's like the good baby moms, the good toddler moms. And some moms are just really with it as teenager moms. And I I'm not a good baby mom. And I'll be honest, both babies are really hard for me. 
and they just drool and they need things and they poop a lot. And I just didn't get a lot of feedback from that phase. And that was so hard. And I felt like I just spent a lot of time couch sitting and breastfeeding and crying. And I remember just sitting there and being like, wow, I am just slowly dying. My soul is shriveling away. And I sat down as a writer and wrote that one time, just every day I'm a mom, a piece of me dies. And I thought, how can I redeem this? This is terrible. I'm like, okay, what else of me is dying? Like, what what good parts, what bad parts of me are dying as I'm a parent? I'm like, well, there's some stuff of me that needed to go away, like my selfishness. And there's things of me that are being pruned right now. As a person of faith, I think about, you know, being pruned, like a, weeds are being pulled. And frankly, you don't know how selfish you are until you become a parent. I mean, our world just revolves around us, especially from the time we're like teenagers until we go through high school, we go through college, we go through that newlywed phase and everything is so egocentric. And then all of a sudden we have these little humans pop out and like, oh, like nothing is about us anymore. And it's just an entire axis shift. And it's hard. It's, I think it was the most challenging time of my life spiritually, honestly. And I think that was where that, that, that piece went. It started off with me just being so selfish, just like, wow, I am just dying on the inside. And then I realized that parenting is a redemption story. I'm, I'm literally becoming a better person that, yeah, there's parts of me that are kind of dying away, but they're not necessarily the bad parts. They might've needed to go. That's interesting. (laughs) You know? Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, it's not wrong. I, I wasn't wrong. I didn't get parts of me dying away every single day, but they're, they might have had to, they might have needed to go. They were overdue. Did you, I know you referenced the postpartum depression. Had you ever been depressed before then or after then, or was it only when the kids were born or the, was it, and it was it both kids or just, just your first? With Ben, it was postpartum depression. With Holland, I had postpartum anxiety. I think I've always struggled a little bit with mental illness, but it was very significant with my son. And so that was kind of like an introduction to the world of mental illness. And frankly, the door was never closed. After that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, like, welcome to this new world. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I have postpartum anxiety. My twins are almost 13, but you know. And what's really fascinating is I didn't get diagnosed until I was like a year and a half into it. Like, I did not know that you can really have it for almost two years. So you know, I suffered for quite a while, but, uh, and then some of it, it's like, which part of this is just like postpartum and which part of this is who I am now? I don't even know. I spent a lot of time trying to pick that apart because part of being a mom is being like perpetually nervous about your children and what's happening in the world. And so, yeah, that was, it is kind of, it's nerve wracking, right? I mean, I feel that your body. Yeah. I feel I've been feeling so during this coronavirus pandemic, like just so mama bear want to like tackle all the kids and like lay on top of them and like not let anything happen. I've been like, so, and I'm like, I don't care. Like, this is what I'm doing. I don't care if I'm overreacting, you know, from the beginning, I was just like, no, 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 this is all about the kids. (laughs) There's this really weird scarcity mindset that I noticed. It started with toilet paper. People were like, I need all the toilet paper for my family. And I was like, that is so weird. You know, but then like one day we were running out of toilet paper and I was like, my family needs the toilet paper. And that is just a really ridiculous example. But it's just funny how you get into this like very like 
like just instinctual level need to get all of the things for your family and prepare for your family and protect your family, like down to the freaking toilet paper. I'm a, I'm an anxious mess over here. I feel like I need to collect all of the things and protect all of the things. And really, I have no control over this. None. I feel, None whatsoever. I feel the same way about milk. I've been, yeah. you know, we can't get enough milk. We have to like right. dole it yeah. out. I've switched right. to, I found some oat milk I could get. So now yeah. I'm trying to get them to watch. They don't, they will not have any of that. So I don't know. My husband was like, honey, we're okay with cheese. We're going to be okay. We don't need any more cheese. And my, son, my son's like, but where is the lactose-free milk that I like? And I was like, yeah, you're not getting that. I can't find that. I'm not finding yeah. any, like, good oh. luck. Have, yeah, good have luck some with that. water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so now that you've written this book, tell me about your your plans coming up. Are you like, I love this. I want to write books one yeah. a year for the rest of my life. Or are you like, I yes. never want to do that again. That was terrible. Or- oh my gosh, no. This is my favorite thing in the world. Are you kidding me? I could do this. I could write a million books a year. I really could. As a matter of fact, like I sit at, Every night when I lay down, I put my I put my kids to bed, say my prayers, I go to bed. I roll over and I ignore my husband and I play on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we're being honest, right? And yes. so I, I log into my Facebook page. This is where I work though. I mean, this is my excuse. I'm allowed to do this. And I write a blog and, but it's my way of connecting with people. And I just love being creative. That outlet of writing like 600 to a thousand words every single day. It just, I feel like I am, I am learning through the writing process. Like sometimes I hit publish and I read it and I'm like, wow, I just, dang Yoda. Like I just learned from myself just now. Yeah, that's really cool. So I've got a book that I am writing right now. That's kind of new news, I guess. And I will be, I can't really share a lot of information yet because the legal announcement hasn't been made, but the fun news is something's in the works. Awesome. So there will be more coming. And that's always fun to say, because I guess that means I'm like an official, official author. I, you know, you are an official, official author. <laughs> one on the shelves and one in the pipeline, baby. So congratulations! I've got work. <laughs> Thank That's you so amazing. much. I'm like, I feel very lucky. I do. I feel so lucky. So maybe I will always have one on the shelves and one in the pipeline. That's the dream. That's the dream. That would be amazing. <laughs> do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Oh gosh, you know. So I was once an aspiring rock star. And I was, it was the saddest thing to watch that dream die. I chased it forever and ever. But to be honest, like the journey of chasing that dream was so much fun. It was like a 10 year journey. I did country music festivals. I wrote music. I have albums full of songs that I wrote. And I will tell you that like, that was a dream that I chased and it didn't come to fruition. And I I still have no regrets having chased that dream and still having like the albums full of music that I, I created in the process. And I think that I'm 36 years old and there have been multiple dreams that I've chased. 99% of them I never achieved. One of them I have. I think that in life, you if you're passionate about something, it's always worth pursuing, you know? And, and be okay if it is not going to come to fruition. Because like most things in life, the majority of the joy comes along in the journey anyways. And if you're not going to be happy just writing, you're not going to be happy making money writing. Because like I said earlier, like, it, it doesn't really make a lot of money to begin with. <laughs> so, <laughs> do what you love for the sake of it, because you love it. And if you can make a career out of it, great. And if not, just do it for joy. And I guess that's is that terrible advice. It seems like bad advice. 
I think that's great advice. Okay. <laughs> I love that advice. Okay. I'm not sure if that even was advice. That was kind of just all over the place, but. It was advice. It answered the question. It was okay, perfect good. and inspiring and oh, centering there you and go. There you very go. reflective of your overall ethos. And good. See, I, 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 I sucked at music and I succeeded at writing. I was actually pretty darn good at music. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why you're only 36. Why do you have to, why does that dream have to die? Because remember, I I got caught pumping my boobs by the producer of The Voice, and I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> I think that, was- that you should now that you have this newfound sort of independence and you're developing this brand. I I do not think oh, this is the end no. of the journey for you there. If you mm-hmm. want, unless you want it. I just don't foresee that ever turning out well for me, but we'll see. Maybe we'll revisit that story in another time. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for this very unprofessional, but probably one of my the favorite best, favorite ever podcast episodes. The best <laughs> interview ever, Zibby. Are you kidding me? We'll have to do a part two sometime. We'll have to do a part two. <laughs> for the to be released, I'll tell. How about we do like an exclusive Zibby when I'm allowed to tell you about my book? I would love that. I would love it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Perfect. This was so much fun. This was so much fun. Have a great Thank day. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you liked this episode, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at ZibbyOwens.com so you can always hear about the latest things I'm up to. Thanks a lot. Thanks to Unsweetened NYC for partnering with us today and for making such badass shirts for women. Many badasses I know are listening now and they need a uniform. So there you go. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Mm-hmm.